0: Tonight we're going to kind of turn the corner. Uh, We've been looking at the the last several nights, kind of our relationship with God, our vertical relationship, and tonight I I want to kind of turn the corner to begin to look at at our horizontal relationships, our relationships that we have with each other. Uh, If there is anything I, I believe in the church, besides pride, if there's anything that I believe that is, is hurting us the most and, and holding us back from all that God has created and called and asked us to do, that thing would be unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. It would be that, that you know, I, somebody has hurt me in my life and I haven't forgiven them. You're sitting here going, oh, well, Ryan, I. I keep a short record of accounts, I'm I'm good, like I I don't have a problem with forgiveness. Well, all of us have been hurt, and I don't want to look at the forgiving life. We're, We're going to look in Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35, and dive in a little bit in there, dive in a little bit into Ephesians, and look at what it is that God says about forgiveness. Because here's the honest truth. The honest truth is this, we must forgive as we have been forgiven. You and I must we we must extend forgiveness to those in our lives as God has forgiven us. Ooh, that's a tall order. Anybody look at that and be like, "Yeah, I don't think I want to sit in here for this one. Um, Can I go with the base camp kids? Can I go to Happy Heart? Can I go somewhere other than where I am right now? Well, here's the deal. All of us have got hurts. All of us have been hurt by people. How do people hurt us? Well, they hurt us in one of three ways. One, they hurt us physically. They've stole something from us. They've cheated us. They've abused us. You're a victim of a crime. You've, You've got some kind of physical hurt in your life, somebody has physically hurt you. Second way in which people hurt us is emotionally. They've maybe withheld their affection from us, um, or they've rejected us, or they've humiliated us, or they've had a performance-based kind of love. If you do this, I will love you more. Or you, you're, you're hurt by divorce or abandonment. You have this emotional hurt in your life. The third way that people hurt us is verbally. Verbally. Things they say or things they don't say. Maybe, maybe you never heard the words, I love you, from your parent. Or I'm proud of you. Maybe they've withheld something from you. You've heard that phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Who came up with that? Like, that is a lie straight from the pits of the devil, right? I mean, like, straight from the bad place. Like, I would rather you punch me in the face, slap me, break an arm, do something physically to me. Because guess what? That will heal. Eventually, I'll get over that. But the problem is words start playing over in our minds. We, we can, we can grab that phrase, we can hear that voice, and then Satan will use it to come in and to continue to beat us down and to hold us down and to press us down and to not allow us to become all that God wants us to become. We can, we, we have a choice in this matter. We can either forgive or not forgive. These are some, some characteristics of unforgiveness and forgiveness. If you've got unforgiveness in your life, you typically will stuff things down. You'll stuff the emotions, you'll stuff the hurt, you'll stuff the situations. You'll you'll stuff everything in and not let anything out. Only problem with that is, after a while, it will end up coming out. And usually it comes out on those that you love the most. Those who have nothing to do with that hurt, but you explode on them. It's kind of like a volcano that, you know, sometimes it will erupt out the top. Other times it's going to erupt out the sides. You never know what's going to happen with it. But forgiveness, this is somebody who gets it out. This is somebody who, who man, they, they express it. They let it come out. They, they deal with those things and those hurts. Unforgiveness, the, they avoid the person. Forgiveness restores the relationship. I've been in a church where two guys sat on opposite ends of the auditorium. And the only reason they did this was because the church didn't have two services. They were both in their mid to late 60s. And you asked them, why are you sitting on opposite ends? Well, he hurt my feelings in kindergarten. You laugh because you know it's true. I mean, we, we will get hurt by people who will hold on to that hurt and we'll do what we'll avoid them at all costs. If we see them coming in this door, we're going out that door. And sometimes it's even our own family. You know, it's, it's our, our own family that we, we avoid them at all costs. We, we see their number, call us on the phone and what do we do? Voicemail. I'll get with them later. Never. Why? Because they've hurt us. And so we avoid them. Well, forgiveness is, is about restoring the relationship. It's this word, and we're going to look at it, reconciliation. It doesn't mean that you have to be best friends, but it does mean you have to be friendly. It means you're seeking to restore a relationship in some form or fashion. Unforgiveness, they don't deal with the hurts and the feelings. They walk away from them. They they don't deal with them. They just, I'm going to leave them there and we're going to walk this direction. Well, forgiveness, man, they deal with them head on. They're going to say, hey, we're we're going to get to the bottom of this. We're we're going to figure out what's going on because I want a relationship with you. Jesus taught us about forgiveness. Y'all know the model prayer, right? Or the Lord's prayer? Our Father who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive the... Wait a minute. Forgive my trespasses as I forgive others who've trespassed against me? Time out. Jesus was amazing. Look at the way the New Living Translation says this. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those... Who have sinned against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Jesus is teaching about forgiveness. He says it in the prayer Listen, God, forgive me as I have forgiven them. Can you really pray that prayer? I mean, do I want to be forgiven as I have forgiven others? Sometimes we hold grudges, don't we? We let bitterness begin to sink in. Jesus goes on and offers a commentary into this Lord's Prayer in the next couple of verses. It's pretty amazing when Jesus comes in to offer a commentary, you better listen. It's like this in verses 14 and 15. If you forgive those who sin against you, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive you your sins. Wait a minute, Ryan. Didn't we talk about First John one nine that says, if I confess my sins, He's faithful and just forgive them? Yeah, He is, but to the level at which we will forgive those who've trespassed against us. Ouch. See, this is another one of those messages that for me is hard. I've realized this. God has asked me to come on the road and do this and to do these messages because he knows I need them more than anybody else. He knows that I've got I've to put these to practice in my life more than anybody else. Why? Because I live in just over 400 square feet with my wife. And I travel with 22 young adults. Did I say they're young adults? They're young and adults that are sometimes responsible. But I love them. Man, there are times where we have to walk this road of forgiveness with each other in all of our relationships. Not only does Jesus talk about and teach about forgiveness, Paul commands it. Look at Ephesians 4.32. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgive one another, Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Forgive as Christ has forgiven you. Listen, we've been forgiven by God. How? Completely, totally. No strings attached. No memory of the wrong. Hello. and Yet we've got to do the same thing. Paul commands it. Jesus taught it. Paul commanded it. We've been forgiven to forgive. We've been forgiven by God to learn to forgive those who are around us. So how is forgiveness then extended? How do I extend forgiveness to those who have hurt me in my life? Matthew 18 gives us a really cool picture of this. I love Peter. Anybody else like identify with Peter? Like Peter, the, the disciple is amazingly like, open mouth, insert foot. Peter's Peter's saying was, uh, I guarantee you his dad growing up said the same thing my dad said to me. Peter, would you just think before you speak? Like, would you just, would you think about the words that are about to come out before you say them? Hey, here's an example. Look at this. You ready? Then Peter came up to Jesus and says, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? God, how many times does my brother keep hurting me before I can cut him off? before I can finally say I'm done, no more Christmas cards. No more invitations to the house to watch the football game or to hang out with the family or to go do whatever. God, at what point can I cut them off? At what point can I sit consider them dead to me? And here's what Peter says because he thought, man, I am self-righteous. I got this. How about seven times? See, Jewish law said you must forgive them three times, and then you can write them off. Well, here's what Peter does. He's like, okay, three times, let's double that and add one for good measure. For those of you youth, double means times two. So three times two is six. Add one is seven. Okay. Old math teacher coming out every once in a while. He says, listen, okay, how about seven? God, I am so good that I'm going to give them seven times to wrong me before I cut them off. And look at what Jesus says. No, not seven times, but seventy times seven. That's a few more than seven. In case you're curious, it's 490. Those of you again, students, seven times seven is 49. Just add a zero. 490 works really well. The new math that they're teaching kids today is really weird. They'd be like seven times 70. So seven is close to 10 and 70 is close to 100. And that's going to be. I don't know why we do all this crazy. Stuff. Just memorize seven times seven is 49 out of zero. It works out really well. OK, 490 times. What's Jesus saying? He's saying, listen, here's the deal. I want you to start forgiving people so many times that you forget what number you're on. Wait a minute. Was I on 462 or was I? <sighs> One. That's what Jesus is saying. Get to the point where you lose count and you got to start all over again. Quit keeping account. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Mm. I love this story. You're like, Ryan, I, I don't have unforgiveness in my life. I'm good. Everybody's good. Let's ask some questions. Let's take a little inventory. Do you have unforgiveness in your heart? Is there someone that you resent? Is there someone that that in your life, all of a sudden I say, is there someone you resent and a face pops up or a name pops into your head? You might have unforgiveness. When you think of this person, do you feel angry? Do you feel angry? Do you you have anger? Do you have bitterness? Do you have rage? Do you have anything in that? Do you blame someone for your current situation? Do you blame a parent? Do you blame a spouse? Do you blame a boss? Do you blame a coworker? Can Can I say this real quick? Do you blame yourself? A lot of us could say, hey, I've forgiven those who've hurt me, but you know who we have the hardest time forgiving? A person looking back at us in the mirror. Because we say, you know what, I I know what he thinks. I know what, what she has in her heart. And I just, I'm struggling to forgive that. Is there somebody that you blame for your current situation? Do you want revenge? Or at least for them to get what they deserve. If something happened bad in their life, would you say, thank you, God. They got what they deserved. If you saw them in the parking lot out here or in Walmart, would you want to gently nudge them with your car? It's a love tap. It's okay. I know we laugh about that, but is there somebody that if we saw them, we would want some harm to come to them? This one always gets me. Can you thank God for them? Hmm. I can't thank God for them in my life, even if it was painful, then I probably have some unforgiveness in my heart. Because I haven't been able to see how God has used some of that and brought me through some of that to to help me become more and more like his son. Jesus goes on and he begins to teach a parable after he tells Peter, 70 times seven, and what an amazing story. He says this in verses 23 through 24. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to, to bring uh, his, his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In other words, it's, it's time to, to make it all fair. Anybody ever said this to your kids? Life isn't fair. So what comes to town once a year, Right? And we go usually for the funnel cakes and the elephant ears and the fried Oreos, not to ride any of the rides. I've seen the box of extra parts. Always bothers me that there's more and more at each time. I'm like, we're going to stay away from those. But life isn't fair. And so this king is is settling the accounts. And so in the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars, lots and lots of money. He's coming in and he's like, look what happens in verse 25. He couldn't pay. So his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owed to pay the debt until payment could be made. The law of the day was if you owed something and you couldn't pay it back when it was time to, I could sell you into debtor's prison. And not just you, but I could sell your wife, your kids, your cattle, your land, Everything until the debt was paid for. So the picture that Jesus is painting is here's this guy who's got a debt so great he could never pay it back. Sound familiar? Sounds like you and me. We have a debt we could never pay. God said, The deal is perfection. I'm not perfect as you've probably already figured out by now. None of us are. Scripture says no one is righteous, not one. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Scripture is really clear that all of us are in this man's shoes. This is us. Jesus is talking about you and I. And so what are the lessons that we can learn about forgiveness from the story? Well, the first lesson is to humble yourself. It's funny how this word keeps coming back, isn't it? It's amazing how this word of humility keeps coming back into the stories that Jesus is talking about, that the life of the Christian should be a humble life. It should be somebody who's, who's grasped humility and has no pride in them. So we've got to begin to humble ourselves. Look at what happens to the man. Verse 26. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I'll pay it all back. He falls on his knees before the master and he says, look, would you please have mercy? Would you please... Please, please don't sell me into slavery. Please don't do that to my wife and to my kids. Please have mercy upon me. Man, he he humbly comes before the master. He says, would you please forgive me? Second step is to accept the forgiveness of God. Accept the forgiveness of God. Now, It'd be really easy to be like, well, yeah, I did that a long time ago. I've got God's forgiveness. Great, wonderful. Remember we're to forgive as what? As God has forgiven us through Christ. So it's always important to remember how much we have been forgiven. Those who have been forgiven much will forgive much. And when we begin to understand that this is us in the story, I am somebody who could never repay my debt no matter how good I am, no matter how many sermons I preach, no matter how many people come to know Christ. Listen, Billy Graham is not a good man without Christ. It doesn't matter how many people walked the aisle and trusted Christ. Billy Graham would tell you, I'm nothing without Jesus. It doesn't matter how long you've gone to church, how many Bible verses you've memorized. doesn't matter. It's about accepting the forgiveness of God. Look at verse 27. The master was filled with pity for him and released him and forgave him his debt. See, here's the deal. You and I are in a cage of sin and the punishment is death. And God, who's rich in mercy, has opened the gates to our Freedom. And he says, listen, I've got mercy on you. I've got grace for you. Come out. Don't live in the cage anymore. I used to have a bird that went with me to school. This beautiful little cockatiel that that, uh, one of my students gave me. His name was Lewis. I had a cage at, at school and I had a cage at home and Lewis would ride on my shoulder in the car and He'd walk on my shoulder as I walked into school. He'd hang out on my shoulder with me. The kids loved him. He, he'd be in the classroom. The kids would say, hey, Can I hold Lewis? And sure, they, it was really cool for the kids who couldn't sit still, put a bird on their shoulder, and they're like, And they would learn. I was like, Cool, okay, awesome. But one day, Lewis flew off. The day that I needed to clip his wings. So he couldn't fly. Lewis was created to fly. He was created to soar. He was created to be free. You and I have been created to be free. We've not been created to live in the cage of sin and guilt and shame anymore. God has forgiven us of all of that. Remember Isaiah? Look, this has touched your lips. Your sin is atoned for. Your guilt is taken away. The doors to the cage of your life is open. Come out and enjoy life. Preached a sermon one time with Lewis. And I opened the gate like this and Lewis flew out to a lady down there on the first row. And I was like, oh, oh, that was a pretty cool illustration. Hope she likes birds. Lewis was doing what he was made to do and that was to fly. We've got to learn to accept God's forgiveness towards us. As complete and as full as it is. Just as it is. Listen, a lot of times though, God has opened the door of our cages and he set us free and we get that. We understand the debt we could never owe. We could never pay. He paid. And yet we still live under obligation of I've got to repay this back because we've made grace transactional. We've made the forgiveness of God transactional. We still feel indebted because of the sheer magnitude of the forgiveness But we must learn to live from the freedom of forgiveness and then extend that forgiveness to others. We must then give forgiveness to others that are around us. Jesus goes on to share in verse 28 through 30 this amazing story. But when the man left the king... After he had been forgiven, after he fell down on his knees and said, have pity on me, I'll pay you back. And the king has pity on him and says, hey, you're forgiven. Don't worry about it. Your your debt is wiped clean. When the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. And he grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. How does that sound like for forgiveness? Isn't that what we do sometimes? Listen, you've hurt me. Give me what you owe me. You owe me, and I'm sorry. You owe me, a please forgive me. Yet, is that what God did for you and I? It's Not. He grabs him by the throat and he demands payment. Look at this. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time, be patient with me, and I will pay it. That should have rung some bells. That should have been like, hey, wait a minute, I've seen this somewhere. Oh wait, that was me kneeling down before the king and he had pity on me. But look at what this servant does. But the creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. Isn't that what we do? When people have hurt us, we grab them and we say, you owe me. Give me what you owe me. We've got to learn to extend the forgiveness that God has given to us. We've got to learn to extend that to others. And sometimes that other is ourselves because we've messed up. We've caused hurt. We've caused problems. We're the ones who have have hurt our family and hurt our wives and hurt our kids and hurt our friends. And we're the ones who the issue is. We've got to learn to extend forgiveness even to ourselves. Look there, there's a great comparison in here. And I used to do this um, a lot with my students is, is there's two ways to live in life. There's God's way and there's the world's way. And this is an amazing picture of God's way versus the world's way. God's way is mercy. I'm going to extend mercy. The world's way is revenge, retribution and retaliation. I'm going to get you back. There was a time in my life when my philosophy was, I'm not going to get even, I'm going to get ahead. Because my philosophy was, guess what? I'm not going to win this battle. I'm going to win the war. I'm going to take the fight out of you. And that left a lot of bitterness, a lot of anger, a lot of resentment in my heart. God then later had to move around. Another thing about God's ways, God's ways, Showing sympathy, having pity upon people. The world's way is violence, brutality, and hostility. It's about violence, it's about brutality, it's about hostility, it's about about wrapping our hands around people's throats and shaking them and saying, give me what is mine. There's been an injustice here, you must pay. God says, man, would you you just have sympathy? Because guess what? You're just as bad as they are. Third thing about God's way is God's way is freeing. God's way is freeing. The world's way is binding oppression and fixation. We fixate upon the hurt and we continue to just heap the coals on it because we want to keep it going because misery loves company and I want to continue to be mad at you because you hurt me and it was hurting bad. We have a choice. We can either extend forgiveness like God has or we can hold a grudge which leads to bitterness and live with unforgiveness. Here's the problem. We have taken this idea and said, listen, if I don't forgive you, here's the thing. You're the one in the cage with the door closed. Not me, I'm out here free because God's forgiven me but you're in the cage. Can I tell you that's not how it really works? Most of the time when people have hurt us, And we don't forgive them. We're the ones in the cage with the door closed. We're the ones bound up. We're the ones that are still hurting and keeping this thing up. They're going on and living their life just the way they've always been living it. Like everything's okay. Like there's nothing wrong. Church, when will we step out of the cage of unforgiveness and live like God has asked us to live? A life full of forgiveness a life full of love and mercy and grace. So there's four steps to extend forgiveness and we'll be done. Four steps for you and I to extend forgiveness to those who have hurt us in our lives. Those faces, those names that came up when we went through those questions, these are the steps that we've got to begin to take. Those steps that we need to take when we look in the mirror and we don't like who we see, these are some steps we need to take. First step is this, give up your right. To get even, give up your right to get even. Yes, you've been hurt, but Jesus said this. God said this Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. He said, Leave room for my vengeance to come in, for my wrath to come out on people. Let me be your defender. Let me fight for you. We have this beautiful picture of God being a God of love. But you know he's also a God of just and a God of wrath, a God of vengeance, a God who will fight the fights if we'll just take our hands off. Say, so you know what? I, I'm giving up the right to get even. Second thing, obey God's command to forgive. Obey God's command to forgive. Ephesians 4.32, Uh, we're going to look at this for the next couple of steps. This is an amazing passage. It says this, instead, instead of being hurt, instead of holding a grudge, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Paul says says this in one translation, it says, be kind to one another. That instead is an imperative, it is a command, it is not a, a choice. He's saying, listen, you must... Do these things. Instead of living a life of of unforgiveness, instead, be kind to each other. Oh, but Ryan, I can't. You don't know the pain that I've gone through. You don't know the abuse that I've experienced. You don't know the stuff that's gone on in my life. You don't know how deep the hurt is. I don't have to know. In some cases, I'm not sure that I want to know. I don't have to know those things. Ryan, I I can't do this. I can't let this go. I can't forgive them. I can't forgive myself. Third step, ask and accept God's help. This is the only way to truly forgive. We looked at it last night, this great phrase, God, I need you. That's become my mantra this year. We're traveling the road and God, I I need you. I need you to speak. I need you to show up. I need you to help me be sensitive. I need you to give me wisdom. I need you to give me patience. I need you in my life. God, I I need you because if not, I'm sure to mess this thing up. Accept God's help. Look at this. Instead, be kind to each other. Ephesians 4.32. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another. How? Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Listen, God has given us the example and he's given us the power and the ability. Just as God has forgiven us. God, I I can't do that. I'm human. Okay, good. Get out of the way and let me work through you. Get over your hurt. Get over the right to be right. The right to get even. Give those things to me and let me work in your heart and in your life. The fourth step, show forgiveness. Through acts of kindness. Show forgiveness through acts of kindness. Wait a minute. You want me to be kind to them? I don't. God does. Look at what he says in Ephesians 4.32 instead. Be kind to each other. Tender hearted. Be patient with each other. Be long-suffering be tender-hearted. Look for for ways to show kindness. Some of you right now are battling within yourself. You've got this internal war waging, and, and and you're saying things like this: "You've tuned me out because you're saying they don't deserve it. They don't deserve forgiveness. Do any of us deserve forgiveness? Do I deserve forgiveness? No." You're saying, listen, you're still hurting. It's fresh or you're keeping it stoked up. You're continuing to put the logs on the fire because you want to just keep it going. You've tuned me out because you don't want to let them off the hook. Remember, they're not the ones on the hook. You are. They're not the ones in the cage. You are. Unforgiveness only keeps us bound up. You're saying, you know what, Rana? I can't forgive because I can't forget. I'm not God. So how can I forgive like God? Only way is to say, God, do it through me. You might have to say it tonight. You might have to say it before you go to bed. You might have to say it tomorrow morning when you wake up. You might have to say it tomorrow when you see the person. You might have to say it multiple times. You might have to learn to forgive yourself every single time you see a reflection of yourself. You might have to walk by and go, I forgive you. Forgive you. It might take time after time after time. Here's your life in action question tonight. Who has hurt you that you need to forgive? Is it a family member? Is it a friend? Is it someone that is a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, so you think? Is it somebody who's sitting in this room? Is it somebody you share a table with? Is it somebody you work with? Who has hurt you You need to forgive tonight. I'm gonna pray for us. And here's our invitation for tonight. If if you went through that list of unforgiveness and there was somebody that popped up that you resent or somebody that you have got anger towards or somebody that that you blame or somebody that, I mean, you just, you can't get over and God brought a face and a name to your mind in that moment if you've got somebody you can't thank God for, I'm gonna pray for us. And our invitation is gonna be simple. I'm gonna ask if you need to forgive somebody tonight, I want you to stand where you are and we're gonna pray. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. We're gonna pray for you. And I'm gonna pray first. Lord, so many times, God, we hold grudges. And God, that grudge has come in and it has begun to take root into our lives, and it's it's turned into bitterness and anger. It's turned into resentment. Lord, it's it's damaging not just the relationship with the person that's hurt us, but God, it's damaging our relationships that we have right now that, that are the closest to us. It might be damaging our relationship with our spouse or our kids or our boss, or it might be damaging the relationships of people we have in this church, our friends, our family. Because, God, we're, we're holding on to this thing that, God, we're never meant to hold on to. Your name, God, is Jehovah Rapha, God who heals not just the physical pains, the emotional pain, the verbal pain. God, tonight, would you speak in to those hurts? Would you speak in to those situations and into those relationships? God, as we cry out, Lord, we need you. Lord, as, as we stand and say, God, I, I need to forgive. Lord, Did you give us the courage to do that? In this place, knowing that this is our family, This is a place full of people who love us, and who pray for us, no matter what we think. God, would you help us to know this is a judgment-free zone. God, this is a room full of hurting people. Lord, tonight, would you help us to step out of the cage of unforgiveness and to soar and fly as you've created us to. For in your name we pray. Amen. If you've got some unforgiveness in your heart and in your life because somebody has hurt you, I just, I want you to stand where you are. I want to pray with you. I want to lead you through a prayer. And, and I just, I want to pray for you. So would you just stand where you are if you've got some unforgiveness? Hmm. really easy to just stay seated but can I tell you something that's brave thank you for standing thank you for saying you know what I've got some hurt in my life I want to be set free I want to lead you in a little prayer and I'm going to put it up on the screen and I'm going to ask if you would just say this with me and we'll all say it together out loud you ready dear heavenly father thank you for forgiving me But I have been disobedient by not extending forgiveness to others. I put my hurt feelings, the situation, and the relationship in your hands here and now. I confess that I have not chosen to forgive, but I choose forgiveness. Help me to forgive them as you have forgiven me. Remove all bitterness from my heart. Grant me the grace to carry through with my decision to forgive. In your name, Jesus, and for your glory, I pray. Amen. Let me give you a couple of words in closing. I want to I encourage you. Don't go home tonight and call that person and seek them out and say, hey, I've forgiven you for the hurt that you've caused in my life. Wait till tomorrow night. I also want to encourage you with this. When you leave tonight, would you leave that hurt right here? Would you physically kind of picture it in your head of, of, I'm going to just set it in my seat and I'm going to leave it right where it is and walk out and leave it with God. And here's the thing, tomorrow morning, can I tell you what Satan's going to do tomorrow morning? You're going to wake up and guess what? He's going to throw that right up in your face. You didn't really forgive them. You're still holding a grudge. Guess what? Pray this prayer. God, would you help me to forgive them? I bring it back to you right now. Remember this fact. Satan is the one who wants to condemn you. God is the one who wants to convict us. And his conviction leads to repentance. And his conviction sets us free. But Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life. And he'll do it from the inside out if he can Church, if you would do me a favor, because guess what? We're a family. Scripture says, when one rejoices, we all rejoice, and when one hurts, we all hurt. So here's what I want you to do. Those of you who are still sitting, would you stand, and would you, if you're around somebody who's standing, would you just circle up around them? Would you put your arm on them, put your hand on them, kind of extend out to where they are? Because I want us all to stand as a family, and I want us all to know that, guess what? Maybe you didn't stand tonight and you said, you know what, I'm good, Ryan, but something's gonna come up in life and you're gonna struggle with unforgiveness. We're all in this together. Would you take just a moment? I'm gonna give you just a little bit, just to to pray prayers over that person that you're standing next to. Would you just verbalize those right now? Lord, thank you. That you have forgiven us completely, fully, freely, without strings attached, without a record to repay. Thank you for the work that you've done tonight in the hearts and the lives of your children, God. Lord, would you help us all to walk out of this place different than we walked in. Would you help us to walk out free and full? Lord, I ask that you would help us all to forgive, to choose forgiveness. To choose it tonight, to choose it tomorrow, and next week, and next year, next decade, for the rest of our lives, God. Help us to not walk back into the cage of unforgiveness. But to, Lord, be free. We love you, God, and we thank you. And it's in your name we pray and all of God's children said, amen. Church, thank you for being here tonight. God bless you. We'll see you back tomorrow night at 6 o'clock.